This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast, studying the intersection of video games and science. Coming to you live from a radio tower near you, studying the intersections of video games and science. This is Pokey Science. What part will you never say out loud again? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, though. I don't know what you're talking about. Are we live? We're live. Look at that. Sizor? Scizor? What did you call it? You called it Sizor? Yeah, Chelsea, what'd you call it? (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, okay, sure. It was only Kirsten, but that's fine. (laughs) We're not making inappropriate jokes in the chat here. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to <laughs> Pokey Science. I, I am Madison. Joining me today is <laughs> my name. My name is Kirsten. Hi, Chelsea here. I'm back um, after I don't know how many episodes it's been. It's okay. Super excited to talk about bugs. It's been a while for a bunch of us. I think. I think this summer kind of snuck up on us and between my insane schedule and everyone else had everything else going on it just it it was a summer uh and we also have with us today our newest friend uh who i know has lots to say on this topic hi my name is jillian i'm an arachnologist and excited (gasps) to be here oh my god you're an arachnologist i love that (laughs) (laughs) that's why i gave her the arachnids okay it all it's all coming together <laughs> insert <laughs> insert cronk meme here oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's all coming together <laughs> we're gonna have scissor jokes scissor jokes we're gonna have bug comments we're gonna have slime mold we got mm-hmm. everything here <laughs> this party's got everything scissor Slime mold. The hottest club in New York <laughs> is Sizer <Wow>. Sisters. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, I'm going to ask because I don't know, but today I'm going to be asking what are bugs? Um, you know, when you, what do you think of when you hear the word bug? Uh, obviously, you know, there's lots of different things we can think about. I know uh, it's not a really scientific term, right? Well, I'm, I think Jillian is also going to have a lot of thoughts about this too. <laughs> <laughs> bug is more often used as a colloquial term rather than a scientific term. Um, when we say bug, right, people tend to think butterfly. Ants. Sometimes people even say worms, which always surprises me. Worms is where I go. Mm-hmm. As you know, an entomologist, arachnologist, that one had always confused me. Where worms had, you know, fit into this picture. Unfortunately, worms will largely not be a part of today, as far as I can tell. As worms <laughs> are not part of the group we will be talking about. They're part of the group called annelids. And unfortunately that does not fall under arthropoda. (laughs) I always thought Mm -hmm. worms fit for one of two reasons. Uh, The first being birds and Mm -hmm. that we say like birds eat bugs, but they also eat, um, sorry, they also eat, you know, bugs and worms. Uh, My other thought growing up was always about like fishing. Yeah. 
because my grandpa always tried to take me fishing. Not that I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. I clearly did not enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it'd be comments like, you know, they'd put the say, bug on the line. Just, yeah, just put the bug on the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I know what you mean. You mean the worm. Yeah. And I'm not saying my grandpa was a smart guy. I don't I don't know anyone who doesn't know this. Like Collins comes from him. He was a, a PhD chemist. Like he wasn't an unintelligent mm. person. Like he was a brilliant guy. So yeah. I just kind of always assumed bug and I always thought worm <laughs> just yeah. because of that. You know, humans want to classify stuff. So whether or not it's like technically the correct classification, like we get the vibe, right? It doesn't matter right. if it's like really, really bug or not. Like anyways, but personally, I just wanted to say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jillian, like my, my PhD advisor was, took very, very seriously my use of the term bug, because whenever I would just, you know, I'm talking about these like insects and I'd be like, oh, the bugs, He's like, they're not bugs. Bugs refers to a very specific class of insects called hemiptera. And if they don't qualify as those true bugs, then they are not bugs. And I'd be like, oh, you get what I'm saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> Exactly. That it, that's mm-hmm. basically what I was going to say is I feel accepting of the colloquial term and whenever people use it. Um, I had recently found out from one of my lab mates that it's colloquial in multiple languages. So my lab mate is from South Korea and I was talking to him about this and he said that they also have this term bug. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also from South Korea. Um but he goes, yeah, I never know what to say when people ask, like, oh, is spider pulley? Is spider a bug? And hmm. as arachnologists, right, we we know people often think of bugs as grouped with insects and arachnids are separate from insects. So when we get this question, we're always like, eh, yes, no, there's no right answer. Colloquially, yes, with their bug. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scientifically speaking, when we talk about bugs, the scientific term we would typically use is arthropods. And in Latin, this roughly translates to jointed foot. So whatever is categorized under arthropod typically has a exoskeleton, a hard outer shell, if you will, and mm-hmm. jointed appendages. So presumably not the worm. No worms, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I knew more about worms. I don't think they have joints. I think they're just like one. I don't even want to say muscle. That's a snake. They're just magic. (laughs) There was this like thing really trending on Twitter where this like this really famous biologist said worms, they move, they crawl forward, they crawl backward and they have sex with themselves. Um, So that was that was really people got really upset with him because they studied worms and they're like worms are. specifically the people who study C. elegans that got really upset Mm -hmm. and then one woman was like this is racism against people who studied worms (laughs) and I asked her what does she mean by that what do you mean by that please tell me I am black I would like to know more (laughs) so so it was a wild time in my life I literally got interviewed to talk about that (laughs) I'm going to go back to arthropods. So um, for this episode, we have uh, we have a couple of different categories. Right? We have uh, insects. We have arachnids. Uh, I think there's another one we're going to talk about too. But what 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 are these things? Can you someone help me out? What are insects? 
Um, as someone who studies insects, I'm sorry, I just have to keep going. But insects are just so arthropods are anything that you know has like rough exoskeleton. But there's like, like a, a lobster. Spe- yeah, like t- I'm pretty sure that technically like shrimp and lobster. Yeah, they are. They are. Qual- I know that. Yeah, qualify as like arthropods. But then you know we just when we look at you know like like a locust and we look at a shrimp we're like they look really really similar but they're different but there's going to be a few different things that really categorize insects as different which include um them generally having like well they do not generally they have they have six legs unless they were injured um and they have uh and they have uh and they have like these three different parts of their body which includes like the top part just like the head mouth parts antennae a thorax which you know legs and wings and then also an abdomen which uh includes the guts or productive organs um depending what insect group you're looking at also a stinger um and additionally they go through metamorphosis metamorphosis sorry i said that incorrectly so um, if you don't know what metamorphosis is, you know, it's been referenced <laughs> in like pretty much every like coming of age story. There's mm-hmm. like a caterpillar and it comes a butterfly. <laughs> this, this, this is, this is the moment. This is like mm-hmm. the change in the story. And there's two different kinds. So there's complete metamorphosis and incomplete metamorphosis. So incomplete is when um, an insect is like born as like a smaller itty bitty baby version of its Mm -hmm. adult form. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, like praying mantis. So like a baby praying mantis looks like an adult one. It's just really tiny and I hatched one once and they are actually so hard to see. It is so difficult to try to feed them. You have to feed them fruit flies. And then they molt, they shed their the exoskeleton and Mm -hmm. they just become bigger from that point. So, like, this is, like, my tarantula who molts every, like, other year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I understand that. Yeah. So, but there's another kind of metamorphosis? Yes. So, that is complete metamorphosis. And that one... Sorry. So, if, like, a human were to go through incomplete metamorphosis, does that mean, like, you come out, like, a mini human with all the proportions the same? Like, you know, like, thumb size? <laughs> you go on like then, a thumb-sized adult, adult, and then you just like step out of your 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 suit every now and then. Yeah, mm. like invasion of the body snatchers. <laughs> Honestly, I love that. I kind of wish love invasion of the body snatchers. Um, talk about talk about chemical peel. Am I right? Ew. <laughs> I feel like anybody with a name like. Barbara goes through incomplete metamorphosis <gasps> because you never see a baby named Barbara. No one's like, oh, that's such a My cute God. baby named Barbara. Like, they have to be born as a small adult yeah. and just go from there. That's how I like, feel about a lot of names. Like, yeah, like look at baby Agnes. No offense anyone named Agnes. No, they call her Agnes, right? So what's the other type of metamorphosis, Chelsea? Yeah, so the other type is complete metamorphosis. So that means it goes through different life cycles, um, like the caterpillar to the butterfly, like we were talking about earlier. So it starts off like a completely different animal. Um, So they will start off typically as an egg, and the egg will hatch into some worm-like little insect, which Mm -hmm. will then um, change into a pupa, which is basically like it's swaddled in a little blanket, of mm-hmm. you know either material it's found or material it's made from its own body, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it'll come out um, a fully formed adult. 
So really comfortable blanket of hard exoskeletal um, material. <laughs> yes. Swaddled in its own shell. Oh, look at, love this keratin. Or, <laughs> anyways, I don't think it's keratin. I forget what material is actually. Um, love this cuticle. Okay, so one thing I noticed with bugs is that they evolve at such a low level. Why is that? Okay, I actually have a few ideas. And I actually have thought of this before we discussed it, actually. <laughs> um, you, like, woke up thinking about it. <laughs> no, I actually had thought about it before. Um, all right, so two things. Obviously, first, it's found early in the game. So you want things that are going to evolve early mm-hmm. so that it keeps interest. Um, yeah. It's actually a behavioral uh, uh, um behavioral theory mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's a it's Ooh. essentially it's essentially um a rewards um schedule oh you are creating intermediate rewards by having early evolutions which keep interest peaked mm-hmm. so yeah there, there is actually a a psychological reason to do this early game mm-hmm. and it does keep people interested and it's why a lot of players prefer pokemon that do evolve mm-hmm. because it's it's like it's like you feel like there's a constant achievement or a constant yeah reward. I, to- I totally get that. Yeah, that's one. Um, which is why different Pokemon are tiered to evolve at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, because they match certain milestones in the game where players might otherwise teeter out. Yeah. So they're like, oh my god, that's interesting. I want to keep going and like see uh-huh. where this uh-huh. goes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is a thing. The other thing, though, is that like, you know, a lot of these uh, arthropods, especially a lot of these insects, kind of have a really short life cycle. Mm-hmm. Um Aren't there like some of them that like it's mayflies, um, uh, which we get up here. Those are, uh, mm-hmm. uh, those are nasty if you've never gotten to hang out with them. Uh, so I don't know. You guys know this about me. I grew up on Lake Erie. My backyard growing up was Lake Erie and Ooh. mayflies are, we call them Canadian soldiers as a joke. My grandparents did that. Oh. Like, my grandparents are Canadian. So it's okay. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> but the, the joke is that they're useless. <laughs> Oh, my family's from Manitoba, so like, like it was mm-hmm. just a joke. And I, I, uh, growing up my entire life, that's what I always referred to them as, like, oh, dang Canadian soldiers. <laughs> uh, but mayflies, they live for about twenty four hours and they mm-hmm. die. And my hometown where I grew up, they become such an issue in May that you have to literally take a large broom, like one of those large push brooms, and sweep off your driveway about every two days. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Because their their carcasses just coat everything. But again, that's also because mm-hmm. I live right near the water. Yeah. So, like if you lived a couple miles away, you wouldn't have that same problem. But like living right next to Lake Erie, like it's a huge nuisance. Where you're like, God dang, these things are alive for 24 hours. They may mm-hmm. die, and now I gotta sweep them up. <laughs> They're just out there hunting for a mate. I don't want to de- deviate too far off track, Madison. But um, one thing I find kind of interesting is that that thing that you're describing, like the windshield effect where or like you know your house or your windshield this whole idea that you know whenever you're driving and after a certain number of miles you have to just pull over and clean your windshield of all the dead bugs that's been like anecdotally used as one is it one of the indicators of um climate change and like insect declines over time it's like it's called like the windshield effect yeah it's not um i i and i don't go up there anymore as often back to my hometown mm-hmm. but like i've not seen it be as bad as it was as when i was really young mm-hmm. um and like i do talk about that with insect decline and climate change in my own mm-hmm. teaching like mm-hmm. we were just talking about fireflies yesterday and i had oh, to ex- yeah. i had to explain how growing up you know you would see thousands and mm-hmm. now you're lucky if you see like 20 <laughs> and it's like yeah. it's such a depressing shift mm-hmm. um, 
but yeah, that's kind of my thought there was bug, bugs kind of uh, have a really short lifespan. <laughs> you know, those insects, they're here, yeah. they do the deed, and then they're gone. All right, Jillian, sorry, what were you going to say? Um, <laughs> the scientific name for mayflies, I think, is pretty handy, which mm. is ephemeroptera, and that's Latin Ooh. for basically day-long wing or one-day wing. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so it's like, it's like ephemeral basically, mm-hmm. but if I'm a opta, or a, right? Right, and I believe yeah. they don't even have mouth parts because they They just... don't need, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. yeah. They don't need to eat. Jenny's referring to how uh, mayflies, um, they, their name is Ephemeroptera, but um, I just want to say a bunch of the other different insect orders go by, they have like, they also end in terra, which means wings, right? So, um, so you have like diptera, which is, uh, flies, which is, uh, uh, which includes like a bunch of different flies. You have, oh my God, Jillian, remind me of a few other ones. For, oh, oh coleoptera? Coleoptera, which is like hard wing, which includes beetles. You have lepidoptera, which are butterflies, which have, I forget what the lepa stands for. Um, is that scale? Sorry? Is it like um, scaly wing or something like that? Because of the scales that make the color wings? Probably, yes. Uh, yes yeah, it is, yeah. The point, the point is, uh, there's a lot of different insects, insect, um, insect orders that end in terra. Except for some of them, they're kind of weirder. Like, for example, a lot of different cockroaches are blattidea, which is kind of cool. And then mantids are mantidea. Just like a fun fact to think about, you know, before you go to bed tonight. There you go. <laughs> um, so moving on, I want to ask, and, and and maybe you guys can help me because I know a few. Um, mm-hmm. what, what different animal groups are buck types? So like, what do we have? Currently, um, we have some Pokemon that are based off of myriapods. Am I saying that wrong? I always feel like I'm saying it wrong. Myriapods, 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 yeah. Um, which includes all the peds and all of their legs. Which are, are, are better for hugging you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What else we got? We have arachnids. I am not biased. (laughs) You know, uh, I don't know if you saw Lila's Lessons episode about arachnids. Not yet. I'll have to go listen to it after this. Uh, What else do we have? So basically, this is, I I have to take this because one of the Pokemon that fall into this classification is my favorite, one of my favorite ones. Um, But so, you know, a bug Pokemon is whatever Game Freak decides is a bug Pokemon. What I'm trying to say by that is I'm thinking about Shuckle, which is supposed to be related to a slime mold. So, it could be, yeah. In my opinion, sometimes if they're like, I don't know what this is. I just think they just like stick it under bug. There's some like weird, there's some weird stuff that's like bug Pokemon. I think sometimes they just like want to, they just want to spaz it up. Um, well, and we have insects too, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we, and we do have insects, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else? We have hermit crabs that appear in the game i love hermit crabs i have hermit crabs the best example of this in pokemon is dwebble and crustle which are given the type bug how do i explain this hermit crabs are not Mm -hmm. true crabs Mm -hmm. true crabs have a hard exoskeleton all the way around but a portion of a hermit crab is soft it doesn't have that hard exoskeleton and they also don't grow their own own shell like a true crab would so a true crab would be something like Krabby or Kingler, but Dwebble and Crustle would be closer to hermit crabs. I love hermit crabs. Like I said, I have a crab cam. I keep a camera Ooh. in my crab enclosure so I can watch them. They're nocturnal. That's a, a lot of people. Twister. 
right? <laughs> I keep a camera in my car and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> all you hear all night is... <laughs> really? That's what I hear. I hear them moving around. Um, I had them but as a, a kid of- and I hated it. <laughs> A lot of people don't know how intensive hermit crab care really is. Uh, you have to have a lot of sand. It has to be at least seven inches deep. You have to have a very diverse diet for hermit crabs since they're scavengers. So I buy special mixes for my crabs that contain also for all sorts of fun things like broken shells, sea stars, dried chicken, dried fruits and veggies, eggshells, all sorts of things. Sometimes I like to cook them eggs. They like cooked eggs. (laughs) My crab's favorite are coconut and banana. So I love hermit crabs. They're the best. That's a really good combo. I relate with that strongly. (laughs) (laughs) So we also have, um, and I I knew how to say it two seconds ago. Uh, Don't (laughs) say it for me. It's uh, Anomalcaris. I think is how you say that. Anomalcaris, which is what Anarith and Armaldo are based on. They're uh, prehistoric arthropods. They're kind of like shrimp-like creatures. Uh, They're during Mm -hmm. the Cambrian period. Uh, I know Lila and I talked about them during one of our uh, panels last year. Um, Because I remember they have like this really interesting mouth where it's like a circle mouth. Mm -hmm. um, But it's made out of interlocking plates. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not like a, um, a suction. It's a very interesting like mouth structure. So can you tell us a little bit about about the arachnids? Like, what are they for anyone who doesn't remember? Just a brief, brief history of all arachnid history. Yeah, we have several years, right? (laughs) Anyways, arachnids are friends that are best defined by eight legs and two body segments. Sometimes those two body segments and arachnids can be really hard to see and it makes them look like one body segment. So think about a tick, right? A tick kind of looks like a single blob, but it's actually two body segments. So sometimes it looks like one, but it's actually two. But Mm -hmm. when you hear the word arachnid, most people immediately think spiders. That's the first thing to cross your mind. But there are so many different kinds of arachnids. We've got scorpions, mites, ticks, harvestmen, Mm -hmm. which are also known as daddy long legs. And... New in arachnological studies, there is some evidence that horseshoe crabs might be a part of arachnids, um, but it's still being debated. Um, I just want to say there's a New York Times article titled Act of Heresy Adds Horseshoe Crabs to the Arachnid Family. So people feel the same way as you do, Madison. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It's because we all saw Alien. Um, they also have blue blood, which is pretty interesting. Their blood's supposed to have very interesting properties. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what else? We, we talked about them growing, like they have the way they grow, the shedding their exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Madison, you mentioned you had a tarantula that sheds yep. its skin, right? It That's how all arachnids grow. They grow by shedding their exoskeleton. They're born as a small version of their adult form, like insects. Mm-hmm. Um, but unlike insects, insect metamorphosis has an end period usually so you reach one final stage but some arachnids can continue to shed their exoskeleton after they have reached maturity so a great example of that is tarantulas they can keep shedding and growing after they've reached maturity but it's at a much slower much slower rate so a mature female tarantula might not shed its exoskeleton for two years after its last molt yeah hers about every other year to every uh, third year 
I remember the first time I saw my tarantula shed its skeleton. Like, I should have known, but I freaked out. I was like, what's happening? Is it like dying? <laughs> I always think she's dying when she's doing it too, though, because I'm always like, mm-hmm. ah! <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it is like, it, it is a very, um, it's a very sensitive period in their life too. Um, so yes. really, really quick, I, I do want to ask, uh, so what are, and I, I heard Chelsea say it earlier, it's, it's myriapod, myriapod? Myriapods. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be switching back and forth. <laughs> what are they? I'm not sure what the right pronunciation is, and I'm just gonna stick with both of them. So myriapods are bugs with a lot of body segments. Like mm-hmm. we said earlier, it's the the peds, so that's millipedes and centipedes, and in most of them. Each segment has a pair of legs. So that's like one on each side. Um, they typically grow by forming extra segments after they shed their exoskeleton. So they'll start off really short and tiny. And then as they get bigger in, in width and in size, they also just add another segment on there. Um, so it's like, think of like a Vienna sausage growing mm. into <laughs> or like a Polish sausage. <laughs> I prefer Italian. <laughs> My bad, Italian. <laughs> uh, I prefer so, vegetarian sausage. Vegetarian, honestly, same. Anyway, myriapod fossils can be found uh, really far back in ancient times, like the Silurian and Cambrian. And if um, I I'm correct with this math. That is probably like 500 to 400 million years ago. Oh, wow. Don't, don't super quote me on that, but Solarian and Cambrian is right. So however long ago mm. those <laughs> And of all of the 13,000 species um, currently sharing this planet with us, they are all terrestrial. So that means they're oh. all land here with us, hiding in the cracks and crevices among you in this very moment. I just want right. them to bring back ancient myriapods that were eight feet long. Ugh. Oh my god! Terrible. I played this game called Ark, and you can ride on an ancient um, centipede. Love that. Uh, but wait, wait. So you said that bug is an actual thing, right? Yes, there is a scientific meaning of bug, okay. and this refers to an yeah. This is an order of insects called hemipterans. In entomology, we call hemipterans the true bugs. So a great example of a hemipteran you've probably seen around is a stink bug, especially if you're within the United States. They come in brown and green, mostly. But what makes a hemipteran a hemipteran? What makes them a true bug? We define them by their piercing-sucking mouth parts. And so some of them use that piercing-sucking mouth part to suck up plant juices, or some of them use it to stab and liquefy their prey, drinking it up like a smoothie. Hemipterans are metal. <laughs> <laughs> They're metal. Love it. Um, so bug typing and weakness and effectiveness. And I said, I, like, I've been thinking about some of this stuff. And I have, I, I actually thought a lot about a lot of the types throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something I'd like to do at some point. I'd love to do a mini series just talking about the different types and where, mm-hmm. what they're all based on. Uh, and so I've put actually a lot of thought into this. Um, but bug types, you know, tend to be weak to fire, flying, and rock. And my thought pretty easily, you know, the fire is the kid burning them with the magnifying glass. Oh, God. That's right. Uh, flying birds eat bugs and rock. Uh, bugs get squished easily. That said, you know, bugs are good against things like grass. And that makes sense because, mm-hmm. you know, many insects eat grass. Uh, some use vegetation as camouflage. 
Uh, you know, so it's kind of like, it's something that they use and eat. Uh, so, you know, I think of like the leaves and the aphids, like the leaf doesn't want the aphid there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, psychic, a lot of the psychic weaknesses are really based on fears, ghosts, you know, uh, darkness or evil, and then bug. That kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. Now the dark one. And I know the last time, the first time we talked about this topic, we had someone write in very, very angrily. Oh, uh, if, if you're still listening to the show, Six years later, I applaud you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and this time, I'll give you, this time I'm going to give you your due, your due props uh, that I know someone said speculation that dark type might be because of like bugs being shown as hero in some Japanese media. Um, I don't know if it's a consistent thing to think about that bugs are heroes besides hmm. like common rider. <laughs> like I know common rider exists and I know it's a, a long running show. <laughs> Um, and that could be, you know, it might be because Common Rider punches evil. I get that. Um, honestly, I've always felt it was just kind of to balance it <laughs> because they added a new type and we're like, what do we do to balance evil? <laughs> what beats evil? And they're like, well, obviously a bug. <laughs> <laughs> Bugs are everything that's good and wholesome about the world. That's true. <laughs> what is this, Stephen Universe? <laughs> All right. So our next part, uh, each of us picked, uh, each of us picked our our favorite bug type, and we're going to talk about our favorites. So I'm going to hand it over to Jillian. My favorite bug type Pokemon has to be Scorch. Also because I love Kabu. It's a Steven Universe villain. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. You're right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, we just Chaps. bought that. Yeah, we bought it. Uh, I bought Lila the entire series when we went to um, Michigan, Chicago, and California this summer. <laughs> I love Steven Universe. Great show. <laughs> Anyways, Centiscorch is likely based on a centipede known as Orphanaeus brevilobiatus, a.k.a. the fire centipede, which is a bright red, awesome-looking centipede. The fire centipede is found in India and Eastern Asia countries such as Taiwan and Japan. And in the islands off the coast of Japan, like Okinawa, Ayama, and Miyama, it's listed as threatened. A super mm. cool thing about fire centipedes is that upon direct chemical, thermal, physical mm. stimulation, the centipede secretes a clear bioluminescent slime from its pores. Um, and this is used as a defense uh, mechanisms. So TLDR, these centipedes can glow, which I think is so cool. Oh my god. I looked it up while you were talking about it. It's a very handsome centipede, and that glow is also very, very cute. I also just love, though, that Centiscorch is a fire bug type. So two totally yeah. contradictory types. It's super awesome. And one of the gifts I received for my wedding was a PSA grade 10 uh, Gigantamax mm -hmm. Centiscorch. And that was like the best gift I got for oh my, my God, wedding. That's so, oh, that's cute. Wait, what does that's that mean? So it's like the highest quality Pokemon trading card you can get. And it's worth some amount of money and should oh, continue to increase in value. A amount of money. Sorry, I don't allow cardboard crack in my house. I've already told the girls it would never happen. Uh, because cardboard I did it. Crack. I did it. I did it for two years in college, like freshman and, and junior and sophomore year of my undergrad. And I was like, it will never happen because I am not spending all that money on it. So plush is okay. Because once you buy it, you buy it. You don't have to buy more. And then it's your special friend. And then you're never going to be lonely. Yeah, I like that. Cool design. Um, 
what else we got? We got Shuckle. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Shuckle because I love Shuckle. I think just like the weirdest, the weirdest thing ever. Right. Um, but so when you, when you Google the, in, the real life inspiration behind Shuckle, a lot of people are in some slime molds, which could be one, you know, I don't want to dismiss that theory entirely, but it is bug type. It doesn't really look like a bug, but it's a bug type. Um, but there's another type of insect that could have inspired it, according to the internet, which are called scale insects, which are also from that bug family that we were all describing, or bug order. Um, and they do uh, produce like this little fluid, I guess, which is called honeydew that attracts other insects. They also produce a sweet fluid called honeydew in the same way that shuckle um, it's basically like a wine factory when you think about it, because it collects, <laughs> it, coll- it collects berries inside this like the this really really weird shell, which it decomposes and ferments to become a gooey liquid. So when I think of that, that to me is like a very very clear real life inspiration for the situation. Um, and so adult females of these scale insects. They typically have very soft bodies and they don't have limbs and they're just literally just kind of locked in place wherever they are. And they also secrete a lot of wax for protection. Um, but then the males themselves are tend to more closely resemble small flies. So they have like this very strong sexual dimorphism between, between uh, the sexes in that group. And then, so they're also herbivores, piercing plant tissues with their mouth parts. Like you were like Jillian was describing, they're very metal. They're just like, piercing and sucking mouth part appendages um and then this can tend to lead to mold and the reason i'm thinking about this so much is i have plants outside that are just infested with scale insects and i don't know what to do with them at some point i might have to just throw them away but they're they're it's kind of disgusting and gross but i think that shuckle which is based on just very very cute um so yeah uh can i can I say about uh, something about the uh, shuckle? Yes. So Haley, uh, when he, because Haley like was obsessed with turtles when she was little, and w- because we're a Pokemon family, uh, we were collecting her all the turtle plush. So she, you know, she has a Squirtle, a Turtwig, oh. a Torkoal, uh, and she saw a shuckle and was like, "No, no, I need to have this." And so I, I want got, one now. She was like, "I need it," and it was like, "Uh, well." It's not a turtle. She's like, no, no. Because she was, you know, she was like one and a half. She's like, this is a turtle. Do not tell me it is not a turtle. I can see this. It has a shell. <laughs> it has a head. It is a turtle. <laughs> and, and Don't that, gaslight me. <laughs> and that poor shuckle like spent so many evenings in my one and a half year old's mouth. Um <laughs> Uh, but also, I was watching videos about slime molds, and did you know that they are, um, so they're really good optimizers in the fact that they can locate food. Uh, the way they locate food is these little tendrils that they sent out looking for uh, stimuli, either negative or positive. And when they find it, they extend yeah. more. And so slime molds actually being a singular, uh, single-celled organism actually expand that way uh by having multiple nuclei inside and as they expand they actually optimize to find the shortest path to food what they will do is when a path leads to a dead end they'll stop making it and everything there just kind of dies off and pulls back and it leaves a trail of slime and so that the creature then knows to not go that way because like hey i marked my path 
that's a dead end. Um, like real, real Hansel and Gretel breadcrumb kind of crap. And mm-hmm. so they've actually been used in research to, um, so they were tested in Japan to see uh, what they would do if given a map of um, the greater Tokyo area with all the cities in that area. Uh, so they gave it a map. So they gave it a map uh, with the different uh, cities in the area, uh, the different, the larger metropolitan area. And they had the slime mold. Uh, the cities were marked with like food or, or food substance that they eat. And they tried to see what kind of path the slime mold would make. And it was almost mm. a near identical path to the actual rail network that was created to connect the cities. Oh, um, it, oh, it was cool. slightly different. It was it was it was actually more mm. optimized than the actual path that the people in Japan had made. And so Damn. they've been using slide mold now. Some researchers over the past three years to optimize uh, like rail networks, essentially giving mm-hmm. like here's the points we need. What's the quickest and most efficient route to get there? So it's kind of cool to think that like a creature that doesn't, doesn't yeah. have a brain is like such doing such cutting ed, uh, you know, science. Okay, so I picked the best bug Pokemon. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about yours, but uh, this is definitely the best. Um, well, it. you're entitled to your wrong opinion. It's not a wrong opinion. Many people will agree with me. It's not Scizor. <laughs> not the scissors so joltik is the best baby um it is an arachnid pokemon um i have the little bag the like joltik plush Mm -hmm. that turns into like the web bag perfect um so Mm -hmm. it's based on two different arachnids a tick which yes ticks are arachnids jillian mentioned that earlier just bringing it back (laughs) And jumping spiders, which are incredibly, an incredibly, incredibly adorable group of spiders. Oh, for real. So the tick elements come from the fact that Joltik needs to feed off other um, organisms. Also possibly like the end of its name. That's where it gets that like tick from. Um, It's too tiny to produce its own electricity. So it has to eat static electricity off of other animals to survive. Um, Actual ticks, however, consume blood. It's a little little messy. It's a little gross. Um, And they also like can spread disease like that. Joltik, however, only just wants the static electricity. So it will nestle down in fur and just feed off that static electricity. The other animals... So like a Pikachu. I'm sorry? So like a Pikachu or something. Yeah, right? yeah, like a Pikachu. Um, I know that in the, and maybe it's just in the anime, at least, that it prefers to be um, on Yamper because Yamper is based off like a corgi and they have a lot, like big fluff on their butt. And it's also an electric type. Mm-hmm. So they like to, to be on Yampers, which is like um, matches up with the tick um, influence as well because ticks like being on dogs or other pets like that. That mm-hmm. was a really adorable stretch. I'm sorry. I'm, I've been looking at your. <laughs> um, Yeah, so the other animal, jumping spiders, are an incredible group of incredibly small spiders. They have really powerful legs. They do, um, like the name suggests, a lot of jumping. And they're part of the family called Salticidae. And there's 6,000 species. um, 
and their sizes range from about 0.4 to 0.98 inches in body size. So they are incredibly tiny. Even the biggest ones are still really tiny. Um, and then ticks are even... I think jumping spiders are huge compared to the spiders I've worked on. I guess that it's just relative depending on what spiders you look at. But I think... To me, personally, jumping spiders are the tiniest and cutest, and I will pretend mm. other smaller spiders do not exist. Look <laughs> 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 that narrative in my brain. <laughs> uh, part, Honestly, you, I think Joltik is great. It, it is incredible. Thank you for finally admitting that. <laughs> I, I do look, I, I, I gotta say, like my second favorite bug type is Galvantula. I, I'll accept it. I'll take mm. it because that's just a uh, that's just a jolting that's shed its exoskeleton. I'll accept. <laughs> There's so many arachnologists that love joltic, but they will mm-hmm. all tell you that they are so remiss that it does not have eight legs. They're like, <gasps> it would be the perfect Pokemon oh if God. it had eight legs. That's what they all say. That it has eight legs and just move on. Let's just close our eyes. <laughs> Not think about the number of legs. Because it agitates everyone so much, I genuinely want Game Freak to never have a Pokemon that has eight legs that's an arachnid. At this point, I just have to keep it going. Well, no, no, like, like make the next one that has instead of eight has ten. Like, just, just go. <laughs> that one. That one actually exists. I have a colleague who genetically modified. Um, first in snar spiders to have 10 legs so that oh, we could understand cute. the leg that growing so genes cute. so you know what that's more accurate than the so six legs we have mr sinister <laughs> over there got it <laughs> <laughs> what happened when i test on you scott what powers were you creating <laughs> insert x-men joke um but okay. yeah um Ticks are even smaller than uh, jumping spiders and at most will measure five millimeters. So they're like three to five millimeters. Um, that's really hard to spot, really tiny. Just like perfect and beautiful tiny joltic, which is canonically only four inches. <laughs> perfect Pokemon. No notes. That's it. Best Pokemon. <laughs> Ending the episode here. Thanks for listening. Uh, honestly, I... I just want to say, like, uh, when we did the arachnid episode, Lila talked a lot about ticks, and we talked a lot about uh, protecting yourself from uh, tick-borne diseases, because that's definitely one we take a special care of. Because, mm-hmm. again, anyone who knows us knows that we have county parkland as our backyard. So, mm-hmm. you know, being in northern Ohio, like, Lyme disease is a threat for our, us, and we are very cautious about watching, like, what gets on us. Um do you guys have the Lone Star ticks up there with the Alpha Gal? I don't know what they're called because I'm not an arachnologist. I know I found one on me once. <laughs> and uh, Sarah, my girlfriend, and I freaked out. And uh, we pulled it off. And we read online that we should save it so it could be tested mm. if I got sick. So it is still currently in the freezer in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> There's um, the Lone Star tick now, which is mostly found in southern states, which is now moving north because climate is getting warmer um it can make people allergic to mammal meat so something to watch out for and is it actually a benefit because it would actually help with climate change if less people ate cow just gonna leave it there it's an interesting i'm gonna say no but you don't want to die you don't want to die when you or like have a severe anaphylactic shock when you eat meat 
I like too much to give it up. I'm just gonna like have to find a way around it if that ever happens to me. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna go. Uh, the last one I we have is uh, Scizor, and mm. I just want to say I I was so happy when Scizor came out because uh, Scyther was cool, but like it was never. It always felt like incomplete to me. It was kind of like I'm Scyther. I got okay stats, and then they gave us Scizor, and I was like, this thing mm. is golden. Mm-hmm. and like he has been a champ of competitive for like ever um and like when he got the mega evolution i was so excited i was like there's my boy there's my boy but like uh uh cedric diggory's dad <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I, so so anyway scissor obviously being based on a mantis uh is one inspiration but i always thought um Again, like it ties in Gen 2 added a new typing, so they wanted to kind of get the most out of their buck. And it was, I feel like Scizor was a great choice to get the steel typing because, you know, Scyther was such a popular mod. Mm-hmm. And to make it even mm-hmm. better, people were like, oh, yeah, this is a great choice. So to me, because I've always thought, like, why did they pick that for steel? Um, but I feel like, especially once mm-hmm. they did Mega Scizor, like the clear inspiration of uh, Japanese samurai armor was there. Um, that said, mm-hmm. It can be based on two different things. So obviously, uh, Mantis family, you know, the Mantis order, uh, Mantises being one. And we know what those are. Those are, you know, they have uh, those long, long bodies, the triangular heads, and those, uh, like, praying, like, arms that kind of fold inwards. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think Chelsea said to us that they're, they, they're born as little versions of themselves. Uh, but they're, they're, like, related to, they're closely related to things like cockroaches, right? Yeah. Yes. That is yeah. Uh, which is interesting when you think about like cockroach heads too. You're like, okay, that I, I can see it. Uh, honestly, I love mantises. I think they're awesome. Um, I get really excited whenever we find one up here. Uh, but I also was reading about uh, what's called mantis pidae. Is that how you say that? Or like the mantis flies? Yes. And I did mm-hmm. not realize that they are not related to mantises at all. <laughs> they are like completely different like orders. And so, yes, they're both insects, but that's about where it ends. So it's kind of like the moth butterfly sequence there where you have two different groups of animals that have that convergent evolution to have similar traits. Correct? Is that, I mean, would that be correct? I'm asking my bug people. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, okay, because yeah. they, they, they develop to look so closely related, mm-hmm. but like there's no connection there. Like they, their trajectory, evolutionary speaking, is yeah. very different. But somehow they ended up at the same solution, um, which I love. Yeah. It's like crabs and trees. Yeah, or dolphins and uh, and bats both having echolocation. So, yeah, I mean, like, to me, that's what I always thought is, you know, I don't know. I just like scissors. Mm-hmm. We all know. I don't, if you don't know mantises, you know, they eat the, the female will sometimes eat the male's head. They're amazing apex mm-hmm. predators for, you know, what they live in. Yeah. Uh, don't mess mm-hmm. with them because they will hurt your fingers. Yeah. I took my partner to an insectarium in Montreal yeah. and there were orchid mantids oh, there. And in um, um, an image of them next to the enclosure was a male on a female. And if you've never seen an orchid mantis before, the males are super, super tiny. And so he's on top of the female's back. So when I told my partner, like, oh, yeah, the male's the smaller one and the female's the bigger one. He's like, they're that small, even fully grown. I was like, yeah, it kind of helps him get away in case, you know, she tries to eat him and it helps him kind of stealth his way around Mm -hmm. so she doesn't think he's food. 
But I thought that was so funny. I love when he gives me his reactions to bug facts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, and it, it is interesting. Like, I mean, the size difference is like they're they're, they're like less than half the size, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're like it's a it's a huge difference. That sexual dimorphism that we see in mantises is really interesting. I kind of wish they did that with actual scissor, though. That'd be really cool. Like the the male scissor is just smaller. <laughs> Oh, that'd be cool for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of it being something stupid, like what did they do? I think they gave um they do have different features for the male and female. Um, but I think it has to do with the um the abdomen. Or not the abdomen, what's the bottom part? Uh the thorax. Thorax, that's it. They have like a different size thorax if they're male or female. Thorax or abdomen? I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. yeah. So females what? have a longer abdomen than the males. Yeah. Oh, which is interesting. common in, a, in, in, in like certain insects because females usually have that like they place the eggs and then the ovipositor and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in like the common U.S. mantis, which it's actually non-native, the Chinese mantis, the females are told apart by the males because they've got this much bigger, rounder abdomen, and the males are really skinny. Yeah. So if you see a mantis flying. It's probably a male because the females are usually too heavy to yeah. fly. And then, like, mm. certain spiders, the females, like tarantulas particularly, will have, like, um, larger abdomens. And then the males are, like, just really tiny and skinny. Skinny legend. <laughs> skinny girl salad. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move to the last section of today's episode before we wrap up here. <laughs> Honestly, I just want to say, like, I think there are a lot of bug types out there that we, you know, maybe take for granted, uh, you know, things like pine co we're like, it's a pine cone and it's clearly a bagworm, but that's on you. Um, <laughs> but I, honestly, like, I think, I think bug types can be such a cool, uh, overlooked, you know, group of Pokemon, you know, I think of things like Ferramosa and Buzzwall, uh, you know, that have some amazing use, uh, and I just, I don't know, I want you all to appreciate the uh, bugs uh, in your life. And don't be Brian mm. Fellows. Don't yell that it's a big bug. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I want to thank you all for coming today and listening. And we'll have you back next time. Bye. Bye. See ya.